This is Resist and Renew. The UK-based podcast about social movements. What we're fighting for, why, and how it all happens. The hosts of the show are... Me, Kat. Uh, me, Sammy. And me, Ali. I'm recording this now, baby. Shit, it's a podcast! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, welcome to the Toolbox from Resist and Renew. This is a podcast where we geek out about different tools in our facilitation toolbox, what they are, when they're useful, and their limitations. And today we are talking about check-ins. So first things first, what are check-ins? So like check-ins are a name that we use for um, kind of tools where people can share how people are doing. Um, within the context of a meeting or a workshop. Uh, Often they're used at the start of a workshop, but not entirely. Um, They can also be a useful tool to check in on how people are feeling in the middle of something, after lunch, after something stressful has happened, at the end, etc. And they are generally used to help facilitators and potentially other people um, get an eye on how people are doing and like how people engage, how people respond to questions, etc., um, can be, depending on how they're used, a good way to like build connection within groups and build like relationship within groups. And one thing that people often do, which is like a crossover between check-ins and icebreakers, is often people will, as a check-in, have a kind of like icebreaker question because it's a very low intensity way into a workshop. So for example, like, what's your favorite vegetable? Or why do you like autumn? Or whatever. Um, so that's what a check-in is. Anyone else have anything else to describe a check-in before we move into a little bit of an example? It's often like a go-round format as well. It's not. It's usually mm. not just like open space and everyone check in stuff. It's like it tends to be in a circle format. Just I think that's mostly to make it flow easier and to make the threshold for speaking as low as possible as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what a check-in is. And I'm, yeah, I'm just going to share a little story about like examples of when, or an example of when we've, I've used one. So uh, a couple of years ago, a few friends came over to my mom's farm in Wales and it wasn't like a workshop thing, but it was kind of hybrid holiday, hybrid hangout and work have discussions kind of space so it's pretty low pressure situation yeah we had we had offerings of discussions we had fun tasks to do around but it wasn't like there was any like major purpose and every day we just had a check-in for like an hour or two it was pretty chill and I think it just added to the vibe changed it from like just hanging out to something a bit more collective something a bit more hearing about where everyone is at and yeah, that was good, and I think although there was no there was no intention to do anything particularly difficult, but like people did bring up some like fairly intense stuff, and I think that was like partly because we had a space for that. So yeah, it's kind of nice. Anyone else want to add anything example-wise? I mean, I feel like that is a really lovely example, and I I wonder like whether those people that were there maybe had some experience of check-ins and and why we might use them. Um, I guess a lot of the experience I've had of uh, of check-ins in groups where they've not worked so well has been like 
maybe people don't really know what they're for or don't really feel maybe safe enough to share or don't really want to share um, at anything other than quite a surface level. And then mm. if you do a go round and everyone says, I'm fine, it's like, mm. great, I'm glad. Is that true? And if it isn't true, is there a way that a check-in is going to help you share deeper? Like it's almost like it's a signal for where the group is at in terms of how much it wants to share with each other. And that, mm. in that sense can be useful, but sometimes it can get quite formulaic. So I kind of wonder what the conditions might be that help a check-in do what it's supposed to do. Um, mm. And if there, if there was anything you noticed about that um, group in Wales or the way you, you use check-ins when they do work as to what makes them work. Mm. Good question. I guess I'm, what comes up for me in that is like the context. So like I can imagine, and maybe I've seen it, maybe I haven't, but like in like a work setting where there's like a hierarchy and there's like a expectation to be productive and expectation to like perform a certain way like that there's less of a bandwidth for bringing your whole self and the negative stuff that you're having that day so if you're gonna say like I feel like total shit and I don't want to do my work your boss isn't gonna want to hear that so I guess like the mm willingness for the group to be able to hear it or like the perception that the group is able to hear it is maybe a, a condition mm. and i think it kind of goes back to that question of what the purpose is right like often the purpose of check-ins is not necessarily to know how people are doing it's to know how how much people feel able to or into the idea of feeling how they're doing like and that's you don't necessarily get an eye on how they're feeling and their internal state but you do get an eye on how willing to share their internal state they are which is a useful thing as a facilitator in terms of then how you frame the rest of the workshop and mm. if your plan was to do loads of like kind of to go straight in quickly to some kind of like quite experiential like feelings based stuff and it, you did do a go around and everyone was like i'm fine then you'd be like Okay, I think maybe we're gonna need to <laughs> gonna need to add some stuff in. Maybe do some kind of breathing stuff. Make people feel settled. Blah blah blah. I don't know. Whatever. Um, and the thing, actually, like a thing which comes to mind based on these stories is like I was part of a group once, a group of people who I didn't know, um, around like a kind of squatted social center project, um, and one of the things that we did, because uh, it was like a it was like a twenty four seven like political squat so it's like quite an intense time intense uh kind of arena um and one thing that we did was at the end of every kind of like we in the day we do like activities workshops things like that and then like at the end of the day we'd all have a little check-in just in terms of like how we're doing etc before we go into like any kind of like dinner or also like evening discussions and whatever um, and that was often the thing that one of the that people said that they like valued most about the space was just being involved in a space where people actually give a shit about how other people mm. were feeling like and that was one of the things that then like the people that came out of that space like then did a lot of other things afterwards etc together because like the kind of bond that was created by actually just mm -hmm. giving a shit about each other as people even if you hadn't met the person before like a couple of days ago just like really helped kind of like lay that groundwork so that's i guess one of the examples of where it can build connection but mm. there is a willingness there right like people were also open to it absolutely i mean that that sounds really great i guess there's some scenarios where it can be uh pitched in a way that can feel like limiting of connection um so there was a group i was part of once where in the check-in meetings 
the pit of what you were allowed to share in the check-in was explicitly named as like not too intense. Um, and examples were given around the not too intense level of check-in, which was like, I went to the dentist today and it was a bit uncomfortable. Um, and it's that sense of like, oh, wow, I'm really not allowed. Like, even if I wanted to, I'm really not really supposed to share very much. And so there's also some questions I would say of like, if you're really not up for hearing, don't do a check-in as like a sham form of like wanting to care for each other if you're not really interested. Because um, I think that's more harmful than not having the check-in at all. Um, so yeah, getting clarity around the purpose of the check-in and if you're really up for whatever comes, um, I think is really important. Yeah. And I guess that leads on to the next point we had, which is around when things do come up, then what you do with it is important. So like if everyone says they're tired and can't focus and then the facilitators is just like, Okay, thanks for that. Next point on the agenda. Let's we've got five things to talk about. We have to do it. That kind of invalidates the whole point of doing it and it just shows it to be a sham like you said. So I think like yeah, we have to be should be responsive to like what people say and like if everyone's on a bad on a bad day then maybe we just don't don't have a meeting or do something different. And uh, if you're listening to our podcasts and you can check out our episode from Jacina uh, from Lion because they gave a uh, example of that where they were going to have a strategy session and it was a really intense time. And then they were like, no, we don't want to do this. Let's have some connection, spiritual time. I can't remember what they did. It was either breath work or meditation or something like that. But it was a, a shift from productivity to like yeah connection and a bit more space so because of recognizing where they are at so i think that's really really valuable to note that people do that great shall so we, shall we now... snap <laughs> shall we say some of our top takeaways about check-ins sure do you want to kick us off sammy uh yeah definitely uh so i think for me like definitely experience check-ins the most often as like a meeting opener like linked to icebreakers but the kind of check-ins that i value the most as a meeting participant as well as as a facilitator are the kind of check-ins that happen in the middle of sessions and often in the middle of conversations especially where things get a bit more heated um and become a bit more um or like you're if you're feeling worried that like conversations are going off the rails or things like that, being able to like have a check in and see how people are feeling and see how people are responding to the situation just gives you so much more knowledge to be able to decide like, well, actually, am I reading in that everybody is really stressed and actually they're feeling fine and they're just like feeling a bit time pressured or like are some people really upset and they feel like they can't participate anymore and like having kind of using check ins as a method to explicitly go off what people are feeling rather than implicitly assume it is is my top check-in fave. Ali? Yeah, so I think uh, my top takeaway is like that I think they're a really vital tool. I think they're uh, essential to stop us being on like a go-go-go productivity vibe, um, but they need to be meaningful. And the group needs to like accept that changes might need to happen based on where people are at. So if it, if people are too stressed out, then make a making changes is okay Catherine yeah I think just to kind of reiterate something I said before around um really noticing like what intention you have when you're trying to do a check-in 
um, and and bring that intention as much as you can into the way that you hold that space. Um, so that would be in terms of thinking about how you frame the question, the amount of time that you allow for a check-in, um, the uh, possible follow-up and ad adaptation that might be made afterwards. Um, and that intention will carry through and hopefully lead to a, a better process um, than just being like, well, people in, in groups generally do check-ins, so let's do a check-in, mm -hmm. uh, which can often happen. So yeah, have the intention that you really want to get from it, what you want to get from it. Great. Perfecto. So how did everybody find this episode? <laughs> uh, so, good to give people a second to think about it. So, so we'll take a second to think about it. Uh, I'm happy to start. Uh, I... I enjoyed this because it reminded me of an experience that I had forgotten and had did not come up when I was trying to remember check-ins when we were planning what we were going to talk about. So mm. uh, I've appreciated this conversation as a way of reminding me of a positive experience of check-ins previously. So thank you, both of you. Uh, it sounded like someone was going to speak, but I didn't hear who it was. Okay, well, in which case, Catherine? Um, yeah, I think for me, there's something around... Um, finding a lot of power in the story from Jacina around the way that meeting changed um, and noticing like sometimes when we do check-ins for our meetings we might share that we're a bit tired or have had a bit of a tricky day um, but because we've booked the meeting and we don't have very much time we kind of plow on regardless um, and yeah there was just something really helpful about hearing that of like oh yeah no maybe we can adapt if, if we're not feeling that up for it we, we don't have to plow on um, and that the check-in is actually really important data or like information for the for the group and we need to take that seriously uh, yeah i find it good i enjoyed it i thought we were flowing better than some of our first recording session times like we are our, our learning our learning has come into effect and i like the reminder that check-ins don't have to be at the beginning or the end of a thing middle middle is good check-ins thanks for listening to this episode of the resistant new podcast next week's episode is going to feature panina from the racial justice network so be sure to check that one out Thanks as always to Klaus for letting us use his song Neff for our intro and outro music. And if you want to find out more about Resist and Renew, head to our website resistrenew.com and you can support our work and support the production of this podcast there. Thanks and see you next time.